early 21st century, magic reawakened on Earth, and alongside it, a new human race with orcs, elves, trolls, dwarves, and others. Humanity became metahumanity. As technology proliferated and greatly advanced in the awakened world, global megacorporations seized ever more power, becoming de facto states with their own laws, courts, and armed forces. The corporations attempt to control all aspects of modern life. This has led to a vast and complex criminal underground which works for and against corporate interests. The independent career criminals who do what others can't or won't are called shadow runners. The year is 2101. Welcome to Fun City. Previously on Fun City, after defending the Carnegie Hill Arcology from a swarm of rioting, striking police officers, Chaz board member Odina Lulak says she has much to discuss with the team, but they should rest. NYPD union bureaucrat Vern Solex calls panicked, saying he was not expecting the assault and needs to know more about the well-trained gold armband group called The Last Line. At around midnight, Gabe calls to remind everyone they promised to party and he's holding them to it. They meet in Morgantown at iridescent recidivism and, well, we're not sure exactly. Lash and Lux wake up the next morning in separate, unfamiliar concrete rooms with no personal items and noise preventing Lash from using resonance. They've pieced together short interactions with two women, a tall, tan, black-haired human and a short, pink and blonde-haired female orc with a leather jacket. Something with a flag, a microphone, a foot race, karaoke, camp town races... Doodah. Viv and TK wake on the Mrs. Egg to a startling lack of soccer ball banging. They call Gabe, who shares the location of the two women, Kirk and Perla. They're runners, he says, a crew from the Lower East Side. We join the team now, Lash in her room, Lux in his, Viv and TK on their way south, hoping these runners have some answers. Lash. The other thing that happens when you walk towards the entryway of the apartment and you want to go and see, or the room that you're in and you want to go see what you look like, you see the front door and the front door doesn't have a handle on it. Neither does it have a traditional locking mechanism. It seems like it's just a slab of metal and uh, in the back of it, there's what looks like a combination lock. Tell me, does Lash speak or read any kind of Chinese? Not believe so. No. So you see three concentric rings on the back of the door. Um, the largest ring has 10 Chinese characters on it. The center ring has five. And the smallest ring has three. And in the middle, uh, there is a, a like a button. Uh, it kind of looks like the dome button that's in the middle of the board game Trouble, except it's opaque and it has an arrow that's pointing straight up. When you get close to the door, you also hear some rustling, some movement, and a quiet voice speaking. Do you get closer to listen to this voice? Yeah. Lux, back in your room, what do you want to do? 
Well, Lux doesn't really suspect that he's been kidnapped yet, um, to be honest. He, he uh, hasn't checked to see if he's locked in yet or anything. So um, he he just uh, goes to the bathroom to do his business and wash his hands and um, goes to get some water and um, is just looking for his calm. And uh, he thinks, oh, the person who took me in um, when I was really wasted or something must have done something with it, I'll go in uh, and see if they have it. And uh, he tries the door to his uh, room. You get up, you walk, you think like, okay, I, like, I'm fine. I'm going to go wash my hands and wash my yeah. face. I'll, so I'll figure out where I am and like what happened last night in due course. First, feel a little bit more like a human. Is that sort of yes. what Lux is trying to do? Exactly. You turn, you walk, you see the same thing of the in the door that Lash does. A uh, big metal slab door, no uh, lock, no knob, no pull mechanism of any kind, but this um, combination mechanism with 10 Chinese characters on one ring, five on a second, and three uh, on a third with a button in the middle. And right to your left is the entryway to the bathroom that you can go into. Before you go into the bathroom, however, you start to hear quiet voice begin to speak do you still want to go into the bathroom or do you want to listen to what is being said um uh, i think uh, i think lux might be curious curious enough to listen okay so the voices just to be clear are are coming from outside of the door with the chinese Out, characters outside of the on the other side yeah right on the other side of the door with the chinese characters okay so you both are hearing this conversation however yeah. you can imagine this however you like both of you are only hearing half of it okay are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. How, 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 did, how did it go? It's fine. You know? is, your, is your package I'm hungover. in the... You, well, you know, it's an a occupational hazard, as they say. Yeah. Uh, is your uh, package in the mailbox? Yeah. What time is the mailman coming to... This code is uh, so stupid. Pick up package <laughs> code is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have to use the code? I, the, the Baltor says we have to. Ugh. Ugh so, uh, sorry. Daddy says we have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not long. Couple hours. So mail, mailman comes to pick up package in not long. Mailman come to pick up package couple hours. <laughs> what did these two do? Why are they? Why are we... Looking uh, these two in the room and this lab I, and the... It was... I, I did not... Uh, to be perfectly honest, I tuned out part of it, but Baldur said that they had been caught causing trouble for a bunch of awakened around the archipelago. Uh, they don't run with any of the white-listed Johnsons. Mm. So, uh... You know? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Giving everybody the troubles. This is what you get. Occupational hazard, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> just a hangover is not so bad. What about the other? What about the other two? Uh, the contract only paid for one night of running, not four packages. So, uh, uh, we have fulfilled our duties. They pay by the night? I don't know how. That's the number I of the bad people. Do not know how Balder negotiates his contracts with the Wuxing, <sighs> but he does it. I'm taking the rest of today off. I feel like shit. Uh, yeah. Hey, Perla. Yeah. Question for you. 
you did you like yours? <laughs> like like? Yeah, you know. Irk. They killed Lenka and Valtteri. Uh, I know they were they were not fun to hang out with. <laughs> but they're murderers. Oh, so we are throwing the first stone now. <laughs> okay, okay. To answer your question, yes. Uh... But when you are the face, you have to. You must like everyone. Otherwise, they don't believe you. It is third occupational hazard. <laughs> I think this occupation is mostly hazards. <laughs> Um, Lux's uh, heart starts racing when he hears this because he's just putting together that he's not he hasn't been saved by some white um, white knight or some do-gooder um, that gives people um, uh, lodgings whenever they party too hard you know those people um, uh, the future's not all bad guys uh, that becomes pretty common um, so Lux uh, just almost like a, just like a trap rat he, he kind of uh, rushes to the windows and sees if they uh, they open the ones across from the bed. Yeah, you run back across the apartment through the hallway and through the main room across uh, like by the bed and past the bureau that the trade screen is on and you throw back the curtains to see what you can see out the window. Mm-hmm. It's not a window. Oh, it's a wall length diffuse LED light that is mm. producing sun wavelength light. I see. So it looks like it's daylight outside when the window, when the blinds are closed, but it's not. Oh no. Back on the Mrs. Egg. Viv is putting on sunglasses very slowly. Oh, why am I awake? Oh. TK, are you ready? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you guys get in Henley? Do you want to go to the location that Gabe sent mm-hmm. you? Yeah, Viv puts in the address. So you get in Henley and you go uh, across the water a little bit and you go to uh, the uh, Lower East Side. You come you know, around the south of Manhattan uh, and you curve around uh, the other side and you, you dock, you get out and you walk and you go to the location that Gabe sent you. It's uh, in a sort of like residential portion uh, of uh, the Lower East Side. It's one of the like nicer portions that's been there's been this like trend that's been happening on Manhattan for the last couple decades. Uh, they call it reforesting but like really it's just like making a park and <clears throat> it's in one of these sections of um, the Lower East Side that has been reforested. Uh, so it's actually like very quiet, pleasant, green, shaded. It's a little bit cool. Uh, it's fall. There's a uh, like a little bit of a breeze uh, uh, yeah, it's it's like this sort of almost suburban block, uh, you could say. You get to it, and uh, it's this multi-apartment building. It's kind of short. There's only uh, four stories, uh, and uh, Gabe's directions lead you to the fourth story, uh, which you can see is this, like, angular kind of, like, glass-enclosed penthouse uh, that's got a terrace. You can see a small, what looks like a wooden hut on this terrace, and it is just absolutely overflowing with plants, greenery, trees. You can see through this like glass enclosure in the top that it's just, yeah, it's very green, uh, very verdant, uh, really kind of like blends in with the surroundings. Do you walk up to the front door? No, 
TK does not. Uh, can I do a matrix perception test? Yeah, sure. We are getting out of Henley, and Viv is catching up TK on what she knows. He said they were runners as well. Oh, that's bad news. That is six hits on the matrix perception test. Um, you can't, so you're not looking for, you're not looking at a specific piece of equipment. You are just like getting a vibe. Yeah. Uh, there's like some entertainment equipment on the first floor, some entertainment equipment and a comm on the second floor, a bunch of entertainment equipment, um, and, uh, like a number of gaming devices on the third floor, nothing on the fourth floor. Uh, yeah. TK realizes to Viv. Uh, that's odd, right? Yeah. It means we're going to the fourth floor. As you're standing there, as you say this, a kid, uh, probably in his like late teens, pulls up on the sidewalk on a, a motorized bike, uh, a pedal assist. He's dressed in all red, uh, and this is a Bishop's Pizza delivery person. And they are go to the front, the little like cooler, uh, the little uh, like heat bag uh, on the front of the bike, pull out a pie, look at their uh, like readout screen, look up, and you can hear them murmuring. 387 fourth floor and that's exactly where you want to go yeah yeah tk uh motions to viv to follow him and uh starts trying to like uh he's 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 walking uh around the property he wants to go like toward where the backyard might be uh there's no it's abutted on either side by buildings so there's no is there an alley? alleyway no there's no, there's no alley. alleyway just, on either side. okay yeah uh <laughs> this kid walks up the stairs uh and like you know pushes the little button at the front and do you hear a, a distant voice be like yeah and he goes uh yeah i got up i got a pizza here uh, for the fourth floor and then you hear the iconic sort of uh, buzzing unlocking sound that hasn't changed in 200 years viv is suddenly behind this kid <laughs> yeah tk's right oh. there too oh you got and she you holds. Here. You guys oh, live here, right? You guys let live me here, right? let let me get that for you. Oh, thanks. All right, nice. Yeah, thank thank you. Thanks. And she walks in <laughs> after the pizza person. Nick Lux is standing, uh, having just realized that the sun is not the sun, but just a, a giant light. What does Lux do next? Well, Lux still does need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so he is freaked out. He knows that he's basically in prison right now. He's got no calm or ability to, to get help, nor does he have really anything to help him get out of this situation. He's going to futz around with the door maybe uh, when he gets out of the bathroom, but he's got to go to the bathroom first. You go to the bathroom. The bathroom is closet-sized. It's very, very small. Uh, okay. Basically, the whole thing is a shower. Uh, the drain for the shower is a squatty potty. Um, oh, and right. there is a polished metal slab uh, that acts as a mirror. Um, and below that polished metal, like chrome prison mirror, uh, is just a, a little shelf uh, that's bolted into the tile that's in there and on that shelf is sitting a wine cork Hmm. and when you see this wine cork again it's like the flag in your pocket you're immediately reminded of something involving it from last night Lux um, remembers this wine cork. It's a special wine cork because um, in some, in a moment of like being braggadocious and stuff, he told Kirk that he could convince this um, this older uh, wealthy gentleman there um, to uh, open his finest bottle of wine that he had with him and share it with him um, as sort of like a co- like a charisma challenge or, or whatever. Kirk's hands just like go onto your shoulder. The right one's kind of on the chest. It's like a very, she's had yeah. a couple of drinks yeah. uh you know who knows what else although she's probably told you uh and she's like <laughs> no don't do it 
You don't make him give you the chapel. <laughs> I'm not going to make him do anything. He's going to love it, all right? No, these but pe- you're so you don't, charming. You, you don't, don't know do these it. people. They collect this wine. They never enjoy it. Every time I get somebody to crack open a bottle, it's the best night of their lives. I promise you. I'm giving them a gift. A man who, in every way, looks like he should not work here walks over to you from the other side. He is three-piece suit, head to toe, professorially balding hair, the like ring of white hair around the side of his head, totally bald on top, wearing a spoon around a chain, uh, like he's got white gloves on, uh, and he comes over and he says, uh, my colleague tells me that you are interested in perhaps um, sampling some of our uh, finest vintages from the basement. Absolutely, I, I, I am. Um, could you tell me a little bit about yourself and some of the experience you have? Oh, uh, the collection has actually been um, uh, um, developed by me. Um, I am the sole uh, uh, organizer of the wine program here. I come from uh, uh, several Michelin-starred restaurants before this, and um, Iridescent Recidivism was very interested in upping their uh, vintage game, as it were, and uh, they brought me on to provide something that many of the other clubs in the area cannot, and that is a taste of genuine class. Well, we are very exacting lovers of wine ourselves, and I'm, I'm personally, I'm doubtful. What about you, friend, my friend, whose name is Leonard? Leonard, it's nice to meet you. I'm Carl. Carl, let me cut to the chase here. What is the finest bottle of wine do you that you have downstairs? He gets like a pained look on his face looks like you've just kind of squirt lemon in his eye. (laughs) Yeah. Sir, I understand that you would like to impress your friend that you, if I'm not mistaken, have just met. And we have many, many bottles that can accomplish that goal many, many times over and not have you spend hundreds of thousands of million. (laughs) Oh, I probably wouldn't be purchasing the bottle. I just was curious to see what your taste were um, and when you were reach for the biggest ticket, where would you grab? If it is simply an intellectual exercise, our most expensive and by many accounts, our finest bottle is a 2017 Chateau Chateau Picant. Picant. Yes, Yes, that's a shame. I'm um, I'm sorry. Oh, never mind. Um, And Lux makes a a signal to Kirk um, like he's trying to cover something uh, up. He like he didn't mean to say, oh, that's a shame. Oh, um, yes, that's um, that's a very cute. That's a very cute wine to have. It's the top. Oh, well, Kirk, actually, it's a it's a very it's actually a very fine uh, bottle of wine. Unfortunately, Mm. most of them um in this region are um, counterfeit. But uh, oh, I'm not saying that I'm, yours is, I'm so- Carl. I'm um, sorry, what? But, what? Are you are you accusing moi? <laughs> no, Carl, no. Carl definitely is, like, f- from Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, I'm not accusing you of, of, of anything. <laughs> I, uh, I just, I happen to, um, to know the origin of most of those bottles that are in the region. And, and, you know, of course I would be able to tell the difference if I did buy them. And of course uh, I, go ahead I and could... roll me, roll me a con. <laughs> okay. Exploding <laughs> sixes. That gives me seven hits. Carl got three, uh, which I think means that you had uh, critical success. Oh, good. 
he he looks at you and he says, well, then you will be very aware when I go and get the bottle and bring it up here and show it to you. You can tell your colleagues, your your friends and everyone at the wine program here at the dance club in the Brooklyn Archipelago. <laughs> the finest. Is, is, the finest purveyor. Is the best in the city. He goes away. He's gone for not long enough. Uh, it's like yeah. the bottle was around the corner. Uh, and he comes back and he has it. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you are looking at a more than a hundred year old bottle of wine with, uh, you know, something that we would recognize today. Like the kind of very boring vintage wine label uh, that you see at the wine store right now. Lux asks uh, ask, uh, Carl um, for if he has an additional pair of gloves um, to handle the uh, bottle. <laughs> he nods like you know something and uh, he <laughs> he, pull, he pulls out, uh, yeah, like art handler gloves from his yeah, inside pocket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, close uh, call, puts- Leonard. <laughs> Almost forgot the gloves. <laughs> um, and Lux uh, takes his, his little uh, gloves out and he uh, handles the bottle and he looks at it and he looks at Carl and he looks back at the bottle. See, it is very, very real and not at all a counterfeit. Lux says, sir, by the bottle, I would have to agree. And then he examines the cork. By the cork, (laughs) I'm afraid. I hate to disagree. (gasps) Thank you for playing so, Carl. Carl, if we taste together, we can find out. (laughs) Carl looks at you, and he, like, he knows exactly what you're doing. He looks around at the party, at basically like to him like the thousands of teenagers in this room yeah though they are people in their 20s and 30s you know this and, guy's like and hundreds mid, mid to late 60s yeah and, hundreds. Yeah. and he uh, and he looks at kirk and he says yeah all right fuck it no one's gonna order it come on come to, come to the back i'll just i'll i'll write it off as loss yeah let's let's fucking get drunk uh, absolutely carl i love this i love this place and uh he invites uh Kier you to tell come everybody to come here and buy a bottle of wine and he's like absolutely. now he's sort of talking like a gangster a little bit <laughs> oh before we, can i ask a little favor just for me can i yeah? as we go back to the room let me carry the bottle. I don't ever get to touch some good vibe like this. Uh, Lux takes his gloves off and hands them uh, to Kier. I think I'll be so careful. Uh, Kier has just asked, uh, in, in Lux's memory, Kier has just asked uh, to hold the wine, and Lux recalls uh, handing her the gloves to do so and then handing her the bottle along with them and just looks straight at the mirror, realizing exactly how he was drugged um, and why she would want to hold the wine and uh, almost almost a Bugs Bunny kind of look at the camera. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. People don't just want to hold the thing you're about to drink for no reason. <laughs> Does Lux remember what the wine tastes like? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, what a travesty. That's An a crime. Punishment. That's a crime. Hi friends, Jen here. Judging from the fact that you're still listening to this podcast, I might assume that you kind of like us. Like, like us. Like, a lot. Is that true? 
If so, please take a moment to rate and review us on the podcast platform you are using. That helps show Fun City to other folks who might also like us. Oh my gosh. And maybe, maybe they'll join our Patreon and Discord. Patreon, you say, Jen. Oh my goodness. You can further support the show with actual money dollars and join our community chat on Discord. We've got hours of bonus content and lots of nerds to play games with. Check us out at patreon.com slash funcityventure. Uh, I gotta go. Alberforth is scraping at the front door like he needs a walk or something. Again, that's patreon.com slash funcityventures. Hey, put that down. Dude, I, I said no. No? No? Back in Lash's room. Lash is kind of putting the pieces together. You just, yeah, you just overheard a conversation, but you know, or you heard one half of a conversation that would seem to indicate that, yeah, you've been dropped here. Someone called the mailman is coming. Yeah. She's running over to where the window was noticing that it's an LED screen. She has a moment, thinks about Kit Kat. And the time that they locked him in that shipping container overnight, she goes, yeah, this is not fun. Um, and then she goes over. She's kind of like frantically checking things, opening up drawers and runs over to the bathroom, looking behind the mirror. So she is opening drawers, opening the bathroom, storage drawer, running over to the kitchen, to the fridge, double checking that it's empty and then looking under the bed. Okay. When you look under the bed, two things happen. First, you lift up the sheets that are hanging over the edge. And you see in the center of the bed, it's like a cube almost, like, a, like something sticking out of the bottom of the floor. Uh, and it's concrete. Uh, and there's, it seems like it's seamless. Like the floor just sort of turns into this weird cube. And looking at it is like staring at the sun. The amount of noise that you perceive looking at it and like the density of the spam arrows is huge that you like squint and have to look away. You also see underneath the bed, like at the very edge, right next to one of the feet, a very small bottle of perfume. And when you see the bottle of perfume, you immediately remember something from last night. Lash is all of a sudden back at the club and she is she is shaking Perla's hand. Well, I get I really I really put my whole per my whole self into that performance. And as she's having this discussion, <laughs> some guy with the most disgusting smell to him because he is drenched in cologne is kind of poking at at Lash's back. Ma'am, 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 ma'am. Lash turns around. Yes, can I help you? I just want to say you had the most beautiful performance of that song. <laughs> I have never seen Camtown Races sung that way. It, uh, it smells somehow like you're in simultaneously six Bath and Body Works. Oh. <laughs> Lash all of a sudden is getting that headache back that she had earlier and that 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 the kind of the adrenaline of being in the party had 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 dissipated and she is overwhelmed by the smell 
And she's like, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And this guy keeps on poking at her, keeps on wanting to have a conversation and telling her how gorgeous her her voice was. And uh, I mean, it was a really good performance. And she's don't get me wrong. It was a great performance. And she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry, sir. I, I have to. I, ha- I have to step out for a second. And Lash is running away, running through the crowd. Not running, but she's making her way as fast as she can through the crowd to try to get some fresh air. She makes it. <laughs> You're outside. It's cool. There's a breeze. You're on the water. It's sort of like remarkably refreshing. Oh, oh. she notices that Perla has followed her. She she (sighs) looks kind of like worried. uh, And she's like walking slowly towards you. Like she doesn't want to cause any trouble. She's like, are you okay? What happened? Oh, Oh, I just, that that guy's cologne. I can't really take cologne. It's, it's, I, I do not understand, especially here in America, how mothers let their, teach their boys to wear this much cologne. It is sickening. They think, they think it is a thing that women like and it is nauseating. Nauseating. And lashes is like going at her shorts, trying to find her Gatorade, which she pulls out and it's empty. She goes, Perla, do you have any, you wouldn't have to have like Gatorade or anything on you, would you? I have, uh, and she uh, is wearing, she has like a, um, like a sort of leather bag, uh, like a tote purse almost. And she says, I have uh, water, maybe uh, sl- slightly fewer electrolytes, but uh, not nothing. Flash grabs it and drinks the whole thing. And in that moment, is back in her room realizing this is how she got there. She Lash like downs it uh, in front of like on the pier on the dock in front of iridescent recidivism and is already sort of so high strung and like was almost ready to pass out. She like finishes it, lets out a big sigh and then just kind of like collapses onto Perla who's much, much smaller than Lash and so like <laughs> has to like catch her and uh, Lash doesn't hear this and neither does anyone else because no one's around them but Perla just very quietly goes, well, that was easy. <laughs> Lash was always going to poison herself. (laughs) Back at the apartment on the Lower East Side, uh, the pizza guy walks up. uh, You follow him. You let me know. Like, do you follow him all the way up to the fourth floor? Oh, yeah. (laughs) When you go past the third landing, he turns around and he's like, oh, are are you? Did you guys order the pizza? I can just give it to you. Uh, I don't have to, like, bring it to your apartment uh, if you're just going to go there. You should have just said something. Oh, yeah. Our friends ordered it. I was just going to head up there. Uh, Yeah, sh- uh, sure. I mean, yeah, no sweat off my back. Uh, actually, like, saving me some stairs. Uh, here you go. Um, ha- Have a good day. Uh, thanks for ordering from Bishops. Uh, keep the faith. Thanks, kid. <laughs> have a nice Vib, Vib scowls. Uh, that's the that's the bishop's uh, like slogan this year. It's keep the faith. Um, and uh, she walks up to the apartment that is on the receipt. Uh, yeah, it's the fourth floor. Uh, there's a kind of like dull um, wooden door. Uh, you don't really hear anything on the other side. There's a doorknob and there's a little keypad. Um, is there a doorbell? Uh, there's like a key, there's no doorbell, but there is a keypad. Keypad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. can knocks on the door. And Viv holds the pizza box, so it's blocking her face. You wait, like, you know, 30 seconds. Nothing happens. PK, do you think you can get us in here? 
No. Oh, uh, possibly. Let's see. Can I, make a, can, I make, can I make a recommendation for this and all future? Always try the obvious thing first, like just try the doorknob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we never try yeah, we, never we never try, try the, the doorknob okay <laughs> we mine. always try to hack turning it okay yeah viv, viv reaches for the doorknob it opens uh the door is unlocked wow you walk in and this apartment's beautiful it's a huge like floor through apartment um like the outside there's plants everywhere there's a lot of dark wood it's um variously sort of like shady there's a lot of and then there's also these shafts of sunlight coming through this uh glassed in terrace uh it sort of looks like a cross between a botanical garden and a restoration hardware catalog it's very like designy but also kind of comfortable you don't hear anybody you don't see anybody walking around out on the terrace which is to your left you realize that the hut that you saw uh, from the street is actually a sauna and uh, you can see uh, just barely uh, through some of the trees and through the closed glass door uh, that someone is leaving it. It is a like five foot ten blonde woman. She's got a towel wrapped around her and uh, her blonde hair has like pink tips. She's like slowly leaving the sauna and like picking up some of her things and just kind of like looking out uh, at the terrace. TK, shall we go outside? Yeah, let's let's ambush this whoever this is. Yeah, so so do we recognize this person, right? I think based upon what we've said so far, Viv definitely recognizes this as the woman who challenged Lash and got her to sing Camp Town Races. Oh, it's her from karaoke. She looks familiar. Viv steps outside and walks toward the sauna and says, um, As soon as you open the door, uh, you know, like it's a um, it's a glass door with a metal frame. It makes a sort of like clacking, creaking noise as you open it. She turns around um, and uh, she looks at you and she says, Who are you? What are you doing here? Viv looks over her sunglasses and says, Pizza delivery. <laughs> you don't. Oh, wait a minute. I know you. You, I you know were, you. You were at the party last night. You Where are, are you friends? Are, you are. Fr oh, yes. I should have known this was going to happen. Where <laughs> are our friends? She throws the pizza on the floor. <laughs> oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Not the pizza. Also, hello, lady. What's what's your deal? Kirk is going to be very upset with you that you have ruined her pizza. <laughs> She looks, you can tell she like looks conflicted. <laughs> she, she like doesn't want to do, yeah, what you've asked, but like also kind of does. Like you can tell she's doing a calculation. She's like, <clears throat> I will tell you, but only because you seem like genuinely okay people. We were hired last night to take your friends to a corporate black site at Morgantown. We were hired to uh, take in all of you, actually, but uh, you and you, she points at TK, proved a bit of a challenge. So we went with uh, what we got, which was your other friends, and um, <clears throat> they will be killed. What? Viv unsheathes her axe and points it right in your face. <laughs> you know, you, we both do this work. We know that it is nothing personal. I am not killing your friends. Well, a teammate of mine is killing your friends, but it is what we were paid to do. Uh, you, I'm sure, have done the same or worse. 
in other circumstances, I believe we could be very good friends. Unfortunately, the new Yen ran in a different direction. PK steps forward and sort of moves Viv's axe out of, out of the way. Uh, so, uh, what did you say your name was? My name is Perla. Okay, great. I'll remember that. And uh, do you know... You know it's a short name. So I don't care. Do you know where... Easy to remember. This isn't friendly, just to be clear. This is, this is not friendly. What I'm saying is not friendly. I don't. This is respect collegial professional courtesy where 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 are they exactly i will tell you exactly where it is uh, yeah, please. it is a black yes it is a whooshing black site on morgantown uh you are more than welcome to go uh it's yeah i will tell you where you will have to get in i cannot get in so uh, good luck and she like she points at a pile of things that's on a chair. She says, I am going to touch my cum link. There is a gun underneath the towel. I am not going to use it. Okay? You can go get it if you would like. Uh TK goes and picks up the gun. Yeah, it's like a, a six shooter. It's pretty heavy. It's uh, pretty fancy, actually. It's a, a gun that you can um, switch the caliber of the bullets that go in it. Um, and there is a comm link there. She goes and she gets it. Uh, and she sends like a local area, you know, like, you know, send to comm links near you pin uh, of the black site, which, yeah, is um, on the other side of Morgantown. Uh, so, you know, like not close to iridescent recidivism, uh, like two zip codes away. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, it's there. Viv sheathes the axe and gets really close to her face and <laughs> says, who, who paid you? Uh, uh, Wu Xing paid us. Fantastic. So I've been they pay you they paid us because you caused them trouble. This is should not be difficult for you to un- surely this has happened to you many times before. Yes, yes. I think it was the sea thing, Viv. You know, with the people we sh- you know, we they were in they went in that boat that was made out of water. I don't know. I wasn't This sure is I was for seeing. our general benefit in ah, the future. You say this and she like she like raises her eyebrow. She's like, ah, that is where the bodies of Lenka and Valteri uh, uh, are. I wouldn't say that they have those bodies exist anymore necessarily. I don't know how it works. But as another professional courtesy, I do want to tell you that any person we find on the way is fair game, including any person in your crew. Yes, and they if you fight them, they will fight back and they are very good at their jobs, as I'm sure you are. And um, as they say, the chips will uh, fall where they do fall. TK hands her back the gun. <laughs> uh, she puts it down on the on the towel. She doesn't have any intention of using it. Uh, it's kind of, yeah, the wind is blowing. Um, uh, it's kind of chilly. She says, uh, if you will excuse me, uh, it is uh, quite cold. I would like to get dressed in private. Sorry about the the pizza. Moment of anger. TK walks out the door, going directly to Henley. Viv pushes her sunglasses back up on her nose and uh, looks back and steps on the pizza one more time on her way out. (laughs) Perla says there was no need, and I do not appreciate it, but I respect (laughs) that you are quite angry. I would be too. Back to Lux in the room. Lux um, is um, hungry, <laughs> but he um, puts that off for now. He goes and takes a look at the uh, uh, the door. He uh, he immediately just tries to press the button in the center of the door. It like doesn't push down all the way. You can tell that it sort of stops uh, before There's it a locking really mechanism. clicks. Yeah. 
Lux feels like this is probably some sort of combination lock, and he does some quick math on what the number of iterations. What would that be with this oh, lock? Oh, God, it's something like like 850, I think. 850? <laughs> it's, uh, it's whatever the permutation of... Oh, no, it's much more than that. Permutation of 18? Is that, oh, like, six, is that like 6 million? It's a lot, yeah, it's yeah. A lot. <laughs> 18 factorial? Is that what it well, is? I guess it's not yeah. perfect because it's 10, 5, and 3, not 18 total. This is beyond uh-huh. my math skill. Right. It's a lot. Someone will someone will tell us, but yeah. Oh, it would take God, you it would take you. You know what? Don't. <laughs> don't tell us. Yeah. Don't tell us. Yeah. Um, it's more than um Lux wants to try to brute force. Um and so he <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. don't want to be until re- the heat death of the universe. Yeah. yeah. Unless yeah. you got really, really lucky, it's unlikely you would do it before <laughs> the mailman shows up. <laughs> yes. So um in a moment of desperation, he just tries to uh, call through the door for Kirk. Um, he says, uh, uh, Kirk, Kirk, can you hear me? You don't hear anything. Uh, there's no response. <sighs> uh, Lux uh, kind of slumps his shoulders and he goes back to the bed and um, makes the pillows and stuff look like <laughs> it's him in the bed. And then he <laughs> kind of uh, resigns himself to um, to making it look like um, he's... Um, uh, still in bed when the people come in and maybe he'll jump out at them from the bathroom whenever they do because he can't really see any way uh, out of here. Okay, I mean, I'm actually assuming right now that his room is exactly the same as Lash's because I heard the description, but I wouldn't be privy to that. So actually, before he does that, <laughs> Lux uh, takes a quick lap around and sees if there's any other um, any other points of interest, um, uh, weaknesses, uh, places that he could exploit, etc. Yeah, so you like you want to go like take a look in the kitchen, yeah. like take a look, do the same sort of. Okay, yeah, you see the same thing that Lash did. If you look underneath the bed, you see a giant uh, kind of like concrete cube uh, that's underneath the bed. It does not cause you any um, upset or distress uh, because you mm-hmm. do not perceive information in the air. You like open up the chest. You open up the bureau that the trid screen is on. There's nothing in there. You upturn uh, a couple of the fake plants that are around and you don't find anything in them. You go into the kitchen uh, and you um, uh, look in all of the cabinets where the doors have been torn off and there's nothing in there. Uh, you open up the fridge and there's nothing in there. You look in the sink and there's nothing in there. You open up the microwave and in the microwave you find a small statue of a panda. Lux um, does flashback to something that he thinks can't be real. Lux is surrounded by pandas in a bamboo forest. These uh, these pandas all talk. Some of them are dancing. <laughs> Uh, some of them are doing drugs. Uh, some, uh, a couple of them are in a, in a scrape. Lux looks down at his hands. They are panda paws. Um, <laughs> he does not know how he remembers being a panda last night or whatever. He assumes it has something to do with the Matrix and they were in the Matrix when they were pandas, uh, etc. Or it could be a um, an astral thing. He doesn't know. <laughs> He doesn't know. What he does know is that he picks up some bamboo um, and begins to eat it, and it is absolutely delicious. You do that um, thing that pandas not, do, where you, yeah, than, you pull the skin off. It's more than off. delicious. It's it's so satisfying. It's like yeah, it's 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 just the most satisfying thing to eat. And then when you eat it, it's also the textures are perfect. Um, it's just so fresh and um, and great. 
Lux finishes his first bite of the most delicious thing he's ever eaten, um, at least as a panda, and uh, he turns uh, to someone, um, the panda closest to him, and says, Have you tried this? From the other panda, you hear Kirk's voice. Oh, yes, grass, the bamboos on the grass on the trees. <laughs> yeah, it's called bamboo, right? Oh, yeah. That's what this is, right? Ah, oh, this tastes so good. This is amazing. This place has everything. <laughs> yeah. I've never done the hot <laughs> VR, the hot, what you call it? The hot shim? Is that what this is? Is, hot is it? Hot I don't hot, know. It's just fun. Hot shim. <laughs> hot shim. <laughs> hot shim. I, I've done it before. I don't remember it being anything like this. Ah, um, this is crazy. Wait, can we like do anything we want in here? Can we just like open anything? Watch this. Let me try. Uh, 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 let me let try to open my comms. And uh, the panda reaches down and it looks like it's just sort of grabbing nothing out of right. like its pocket and it holds its hand up. And then all of a sudden, all these windows go in front of the panda. And uh, she goes, oh, oh, sh- shit. Um, fuck. Uh, sorry. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, because I, I, she didn't realize, she didn't remember what was on her comms before she locked it. So so when uh, she unlocked uh, it, all the tabs she had open, bloop, right there on the screen. And your mind locks on to the upper right-hand corner, which is where uh, some someone's been sending her some files in a chat. Uh, and it's a lot of shit you don't recognize. But you see, like, have fun at the club. And then right under that is, like, a, a string of numbers.png file. And that, that, like, PNG file that's in her text window, those are the Chinese characters on the door back where you came from. A perfect, eidetic memory flash. You've seen those characters before. I have that. I have that, guys. I have photographic memory. This is great. Uh, So she she scrambles to close it, but it was out long enough that you could just just catch for the briefest moment a pattern that uh, looks exactly like what is on the back of the door. Uh, Don't look, don't look. Let the girl have some secrets. (laughs) (laughs) Secret number one, I'm not really a panda. Okay, let's get down to here. Let's go drink some wine or something. Lux just looks right at the door and he thinks the panda the panda and he goes and uh straight to the door and just replicates the uh, memory of those symbols and presses the button it is uh four five three in chinese uh, numerals you sort of move the rings around you move the first big one around the second smaller middle one the smallest one at the bottom you do it it's very satisfying it's like turning a big uh, combo lock you can feel the mechanism sort of click, ah, click, click, yes. click clicking underneath your hand very Almost well as machined. Good as eating bamboo <laughs> and then you <laughs> you push the button and uh, when you push the button it travels further than you felt it push uh, when uh, you did it last time and the little boundary areas between the three rings the two boundary areas light up uh, in this uh, sort of like dull orange color and you hear what sounds like a, a number of locks retreat into the uh, the floor the ceiling and the side of the door uh, as if there were uh, like brackets all around three sides of this door and then suddenly you see the door is just slightly loose
Lux, you go through the door that has just opened and you are in a long hallway. Uh, the hallway is lit by uh, recessed lighting from the ceiling. Uh, it's dull, uh, kind of like blue white. It's not like so dark that you can't see, but it's like hard to see detail. What you do notice is that this hallway is full of doors like the one that you just walked through in either direction. Uh, maybe like 10 or so on either side. It's a very long, very skinny hallway. Next to each door, there's uh, an open, like six foot tall like cubby or locker or something. When you walk out, you turn to the left and you see the one for your room and it is full of your stuff. Uh, you can see, I imagine your jacket, you wore your jacket uh, to yep. the party. Yeah, your uh, your leather shoes, your comlink. However, uh, there are no weapons there. Uh, so anything you had on you uh, that could conceivably have been considered a weapon is gone. You also see, like, sort of shoved in, like, alongside everything in a way that doesn't really fit, both because normally these aren't meant to accommodate two sets of clothing, and also because the other things in here are so huge, lashes things. Her huge red spiked boots, uh, her uh, urban brawl uh, letter jacket that she wears, obviously no comlink because she doesn't have one, she just uses yours. But, uh, yeah, so you have some indication, it seems, that at least Lash is also maybe here somewhere. You don't see any other people. You don't hear anything. Uh, you look down to your left uh, and the hallway ends. You look down to your right uh, and there is what looks like a lighted uh, like blue fire door. Um, you also notice uh, next to the door uh, on the outside are two switches, two like light switches. Okay. Um, Lux immediately puts in his comm. He assumes that Lash is here as well. Um, he's kind of uh, unsure whether uh, not TK and Vivers there. So he calms them and just says, did they get you too? Your calm behaves like strangely. Your, right. your message is like really struggling to go through. It seems like it's it's sort of like when you're trying to use your phone in a tunnel and it's right. like your phone hasn't yet figured out whether or not it has service or not. And you're like, ah, like maybe it'll eventually go through. It's like hard to tell. It's like right on the edge. Lux just assumes that he may be up to 90 floors below ground. So he doesn't know what the service um, is. So he doesn't necessarily suspect anything else is going on. Um, and so he is looking up and down the hall, making sure that the it is clear. And then he just starts kind of loud whispering at doors for Lash. Lash, Lash, are you in here? Lash, Lash. And uh, he's going uh, around to a few doors around his um, his door. You have all your stuff. Are you carrying Lash's things too? Yeah. Okay. And you're you're whispering. You're sort of like, you know, st stage whispering, I guess. Yeah. Um, and you don't hear any response. Uh, it's like you're the only person in this hallway. You go all the way to the left and you don't hear anyone. You don't see anything else other than these combination doors. You start walking towards the fire door at the other end. You don't hear anyone. When you get towards the end, you see that they're actually... A couple feet before the end of the hallway there's a door to your right that seems to go into a stairwell too so you can go out the fire door into what looks like almost like a lobby of some kind like you can see the edge of a desk and the the shoulder of a receptionist um mm -hmm. and then there's yeah there's this door that seems to head uh, to um to stairs that go up there are no stairs that go down Oh, back to Morgantown, I guess. <laughs>
you program the location into Henley, and Henley takes you uh, back to Morgantown. You pass by iridescent recidivism. Uh, there are still some people who are there, but yeah, there's a bunch of people outside sort of making things clean. You think that you see Gabe's bald gold head, uh, like lugging some garbage and putting it in a bin, uh, but you can't exactly tell. Henley arcs wide around Morgantown and goes to the uh, far corner. And yeah, the location that Perla gave you, there's a very small dock. Um, there's no one at it and there's definitely a corporate entrance like a front of some kind it looks well appointed and kind of fancy but it's not really marked it's very sort of like inconspicuous in the way that banks try to be but often fail back in Lash's room Lash is kind of freaking out Um, she doesn't freak out that much but she's feeling really trapped and um, she is thinking, okay, there there has to be something in here that is like mess. She's freaking out that she can't get in touch with the Matrix at all. So she just starts kind of like ripping things off the walls. It's, yeah, you pull um, up like two paintings off the walls uh, and there's small hooks that they were hung on. Uh, you knock over a bunch of the fake plants and like the weird plastic lump that pretends to be dirt uh, falls out of the the. Pl- Plastic. You, you know, if you want to turn over the bed, uh, you can see uh, even with greater detail that like weird mound uh, that's the seems to be the source of what's messing with your brain. Uh, you feel like you can get like a like a little bit of control over the microwave and the trid screen, but like just barely. You feel like you can like get just a little bit of control over the locking mechanism, uh, but like it's oh, it's really hard. Like you can't. It's uh, it's like. It's like in a dream where you're trying to run and your body is just like, no. Uh, it's like right. that. Like, you know you can do it, but you just can't. Um, so she senses that this block is is part of the issue. And she's like almost, it's painful to look at, yeah? Uh, yeah, when you get close to this thing, it's like you can tell that the interference, the noise, the spam is coming from this weird mound that was under the bed. She's going to try to like throw this thing. Uh, it's attached to the. Fl- it's like concrete attached to the floor. You can try to. You can try to break it open. You could like, you know, f- try to find some heavy things to try to s- smash it off. Yeah, she's gonna take the microwave and she's gonna throw it at this thing. <laughs> hey, roll strength and give yourself a plus two bonus because you're raging. <laughs> yes. I'm looking for five or higher. Yeah, three hits. Uh, Plus your two? If you want to spend edge. She's going to just continue to throw anything at this thing. She's like, yeah, again, this is messing with her sense of like how she like deals with every day, meaning like through the matrix. She's getting as mad at this thing as she she was at those guys who kicked her off. Yeah, she's like, is she like feeling claustrophobic? Is it like she's like. Exactly. So she like pulls the, the TV off, the like anything that she at one point grabs the fridge, the mini fridge, pulls it out of the wall, and she's just throwing things at this thing. You are smashing every single appliance that is in this room against this this concrete mound. Lux, as you move away from the room, your message sends. Uh, It's like you get maybe five or six feet away from the room, and your comm is like, oh, yeah, we're good, it's fine, and you send a message. Viv, TK, you get a message from Lux. The message reads, timestamp now, did they get you too? Lux, what are you doing? 
Lux uh, notes this and walks um, up the uh, stairs to the next row of rooms. Lux hears <laughs> some very loud commotion from one of the rooms. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, there is... Um, no one here. It's very quiet. You also, I will note, you have not seen any cameras, which yeah. like, I think you would recognize this as suspicious, but then you would right. recognize it as terrifying. Yep. And yes, you go into this other hallway. Uh, there's nothing here. Uh, another long hallway of rooms. There's only one floor for you to go up. There wasn't a second flight of stairs, so you've gone up as high as you can. And yes, uh, at the far end, you hear through one of the doors very loud commotion. L uh, Lux walks up to the door and um, turns off uh, the switches by the door and says, Is that better, La Lash? Lash. You are holding a half-smashed mini-fridge above your head. You are about to pile-drive it onto this mound in the middle of this room when the sun turns off and all of the noise goes away. <sighs> all of the arrows go away. All of the spam goes away. It is for the first time in probably, like, what, an hour and a half? Two hours? Quiet. It's also pitch black. There's no other lights. You can't see anything. <laughs> uh, and you hear, you think, a voice. Lash runs over to the door. Lux? Lash, you okay? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Uh, can you get me out of here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a lot of um, interference on my uh, comm from um, whatever's in those rooms. I figured it probably was working you over. You feel better? Ah, <gasps> uh, yeah. Okay. Ah. Can you see the door? You know what it feels like? No. When like, yeah, it's like, it's like when, um, you, uh, it's like when you. Lash, maybe you could tell me when we leave. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Sure, 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 sure. Obviously <laughs> having a hard time. <laughs> we have to go, we have to go fast. Can you see the door? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to try one of the switches to, to get the lights on. Uh, Lux tries the left switch. The sun turns back on. Okay. All right. He leaves the other switch off. Uh, can you see now? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. We're going to try the same code that I had in my room, okay? Okay. Okay. So the first uh, symbol in the inner ring is going to look like a window with two curtains. You see that one? Uh, Stand until yeah. that clicks in the vertical position. Okay. Okay, great. Got it. All right. The, the second one is just going to look like a, 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 a capital F with a square okay. on the bottom, but uh, squared off on the bottom right. You see it? It's in the middle ring. Put it in the top. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, got it. Okay, great. And then the, uh, the last <laughs> one is just going to look like three straight lines, almost like an equal sign, but with an extra line. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Does that work? Push, push the middle button. Lash pushes open the door. You hear all of the lock mechanisms slunk away uh, into the walls and the door opens. And you see Lux standing there with your spiky red boots and your varsity jacket. Where'd you, did, you, did I give you these? <laughs> Lash, it doesn't matter. Come on, let's go. All right. There's, oh, I think there might okay. be somebody working out front. Back outside, you guys uh, uh, dock um, and let me know, how, like, how do you want to approach? Do you just want to go right in there? Like, what do you want to, what's your plan? Viv sends a message back to Lux saying, rides here. Yes, uh, Lux uh, just uh, gives the thumbs up and he goes, okay, great. They're here. Okay, just act natural. 
Uh, Lux looks at Lash and says, okay, follow my lead. Okay, just be really quiet. Okay. Lux is, starts looking around for any kind of employee quarters or any um, any room that um, has anybody who's works here stuff in it. Yeah, so in actually the center of this hallway, which um, there wasn't one of these downstairs, uh, there is what you could describe as like a wet room. Like it's like full of sinks and showers. Uh, mm. And uh, if you go in and you turn to the left, uh, there are a bunch of hooks that have disposable, uh, like what we would now identify as PPE on them. Mm. Um, there are like these smocks with face shields uh, and like aprons uh, that sort Oof. of look like the things that people wear at like the, the hog factory. Torture yeah. outfit. Torture Lux, outfit. Uh, yeah, you've Lux, seen, we've all seen video drones. Yes. <laughs> Lux sees this and he, and he understands why uh, nobody needs footage of this. And uh, he hands uh, Lash a kill outfit. He puts one on himself and uh, they uh, start uh, walking towards the exit. Outside, uh, if you guys aren't leaving Henley the Bentley, um, you see another boat pull up on the other side of the dock and out steps a very large troll man um, who is uh, wearing like a, uh, almost looks like a welder's getup, uh, like slick leather smock. He's got like a big wide mouth doctor's bag uh, in his hand. Oof. Large, large guy walks very slowly and uh, he's just uh, walking towards the f- the front of the door. You guys, you guys just waiting for your friends to exit and you'll speed off when they show up. Yeah, Viv is like looking over her glasses out the window at this person. <laughs> uh, There's a big, big man outside and he looks like he's ready to kill with his hands. Um, Lux sees these as two separate messages, ready to kill. And then another message with his hands. He doesn't know what that means, but he says, gotcha. Um, and um, he and uh, Lash are completely covered and their faces are covered. Um, uh, he has no reason to believe that this person will suspect anybody walking out um, as this is, um, as these are sealed rooms and prisoners. Um, so he just has Lash, Lash follow along with him and uh, walks out into the lobby and um, out into the way that the big guy is coming. Yeah, so you uh, go back downstairs and you exit through that first door that you saw uh, into the lobby and there's like a weird kind of thing that's happening uh, Mm -hmm. that, uh, like, I think this is a situation we've all sort of been in a version of. The person who was sitting at the front door, uh, who was watching the desk, uh, has just left. Um, and you can see them walking out the door. Uh, you recognize the shirt that you saw through the hallway door. And the new person who's taking over for their shift is just showing up. And in the lobby, waiting at the front desk, is this giant man wearing a leather <laughs> apron and holding a giant doctor's bag. And as you walk out, the person who's circling around to the other side of the desk is saying, oh, I'm, so- I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my shift is just starting. I'll, uh, I'll get you checked in right right now. Uh, just uh, hold on one sec. Uh, who did you say you were here? And then you walk through the door and uh, this woman looks around and uh, she looks at you, this like nice sort of um, short blonde lady. And she's like, oh, I, uh, C- C- Cecil didn't tell me that there was anybody working. Are you? Are you? You're, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, I'm also. I'm new here. So is that is that Cecil out there? I gotta talk to Cecil right now. 
Oh, God. Get to stay out of her way. All right. This is not a good day. Okay. Just, uh, yeah. When you get, just um, after you talk with, it, with Cecil about whatever you need, just make sure you come back in. I'm going to make sure I we get all signed in. I can't believe Cecil. I swear. It's to okay. I told is. you. All right. We're going to get that completely far away. All right. It's not even going to be a problem. All right. Uh, the big man uh, who's waiting at the desk is looking very impatient. He's huffing and he uh, points at the, he sort of puts a finger down on the desk and he's banging and he says, uh, I uh, am here. Uh, it is under mailman. I have uh, packages to receive. Lux is trying to console Lash um, and assure her that everything is fine um, and uh, walks with her out of the door. You see Henley the Bentley. Viv swings open the, the back door and says, Get in, losers. Did you have a long night? <laughs> Lux says, I have no idea. And gets in the car. Uh, Lash gets in the car and says, anyone else in the mood for hot dogs? (laughs) You are now leaving Fun City. Thanks for listening. If you want to support the show, get access to bonus one-off episodes like our side game Filth Village, played in Mork Borg, access to our bi-weekly post-episode chat show Fun Chatty, and our Discord head on over to patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. And of course, thanks to all of our current patrons for help keeping this ship afloat. Hi, I'm Bijan Steven, and you can find me online at Bijan Steven, B-I-J-A-N-S-T-E-P-H-E-N, on Twitter and Twitch. On Instagram, I'm Bijan Cakes, B-I-J-A-N Cakes. I'm Jen De La Vega. I play Vivian Lakewood, and you can find me online at Randwitches. Hey, this is Nick Gersio. I play Lux Scythe, and you can find me online at N Gersio, G-U-E-R-C-I-O, on Instagram, and at Nicholas Gersio on Twitter. I'm Shannon O'Dell. I play Lash Goodbog, and you can find me on social media at Shodell, at S-H-O-D-E-L-L. I am Taylor Moore, and I play all the bad guys, I think. Is that how it works? It's not clear. You can follow me online at taylor.biz. And my name is Mike Rugnetta. I am your GM. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube at Mike Rugnetta. You can find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Fun City Ventures. This episode of Fun City was recorded at various locations around Brooklyn, New York. It was edited by Sam Grant and produced and sound designed by me, Mike Rugnetta. Pixel Riffs wears the perfect amount of cologne. Fun City's music is by Sam Tyndall, with tracks by Will Savino. Our art is by Tess Stone. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kelly McHugh, and Kit Pulliam. And the voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton. <laughs>